Hola y bienvenidos a Peruvians of USA, peruanos de Estados Unidos. Un podcast en español, inglés y spanglish donde compartimos las diversas historias del inmigrante peruano. Mi nombre es Natalie Sofía y soy una chica peruana que vive en los Estados Unidos por más de 20 años. Welcome to Peruvians of USA, the podcast in Spanish, English and Spanglish where we share the diversity of the Peruvian immigrant experience. My name is Natalie Sofia, a fellow Peruvian living in the U.S. for more than 20 years. So let's get started. If something resonates with you while enjoying our conversation, please be sure to share with us in social media using the hashtag Peruvians of USA. All right, here's our conversation. Paulino to Peruvians of USA. You are a repeated guest. Uh, you were on episode six of season one. You were our first guest from the West Coast, representing the West Coast. Best Coast. <laughs> <laughs> so I invited Cece for uh, one reason, actually many, many reasons uh, that we'll share at the end of the podcast. So stay tuned. Um, but um, a few weeks ago, actually, my friend Delia and I did an Instagram live and we tried to do a live and record our conversation so that it would become the last episode of season one, the last episode of the first year of Peruvian CDSA. But as life happens, the audio did not work. <laughs> so even though we saved the Instagram live and you can find it if you go to Peruvian, at Peruvian CDSA, um, the, the sound did not, was not great. So then I was chatting late Monday evening with Cece and uh, she volunteered to help me close the first year of Peruvians of USA and season two uh, by asking me some questions, some questions to reflect on, on what this year has meant. And so we'll be using Delia's questions. So thank you, Delia, and shout out to you. Um, and she may also throw in any questions that she, you know, deems necessary or that she comes up with at the moment. So before I turn it over to Cece, uh, Cece, do you have any anything you want to say? Well, congratulations on your first year of your Thank podcast. You. That is incredible. Uh, I am barely that committed to wearing the same shirt. Uh, so congratulations on that. Uh, but not much to say. I'm very proud of you. You know, having a podcast about Peruvians, exclusive Peruvians in the diaspora is incredible. And I heard some incredible episodes coming into this podcast. So congrats to you in your first year. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. All right. So let's get started with the questions. We're trying to make this a short and sweet episode for everybody. Um, special announcements at the end, so stay tuned, uh, and I'll turn it over to Cece to lead the conversation. Okay, so the first question is like, how or when did you start thinking of starting this podcast, and like, what made you want to start one? Yeah, so I actually start. I started to think about starting a podcast about two, three years ago, Initially, I thought about having a podcast that focused on financial literacy, because I think financial literacy is a social justice issue, really. Like, it's something that we don't learn in school. It's something that our parents can't really help us with because they're immigrants, right? And they came and 
started from scratch and started to learn new how the financial system works here, how the education system works here. And many of our parents didn't know themselves to teach us those those lessons. So I wanted, I, I thought about doing a podcast focused on financial literacy, but then imposter syndrome, you know, like hit. And I asked myself, like, who am I to be teaching people this? So I pivoted and thought about something that nobody can question and nobody can question my Peruvianness. <laughs> Like I was born in Peru, I was there, I grew up until I was 10, and then I came to the U.S., and then I've been back several times. So I figured that was something that nobody can question or take away from me. And, you know, so that was one of the one of the reasons. But really, there were three main reasons. Uh, one was that I didn't see a lot of positive representation of Peruvians growing up. Um, you know, unfortunately... Laura Bolso's shows was very, very popular when I was a teenager or like a kid growing up here. And so it was uh, it was how we became known to many uh, Latin Americans. So people from other countries in Latin America. So when they would know that I was Peruvian or I would introduce myself as Peruvian, the, the first thing that would come to their mind would be like, oh, Senorita Laura. And I'd be like, Ugh, no. <laughs> so... Uh, and so, so I wanted more positive representation of Peruvians and the great things we're doing out there in the community, uh, in the diaspora. The second reason was to really promote unity among the Peruvian diaspora, right? Like when I came here, I heard from sometimes family, um, sometimes friends, like, you know, uh, si algo pasaba o alguien te jugaba mal, it was like, peruano tenía que ser, like, that was like the attitude, right? Like, like el peor enemigo de un peruano es otro peruano. Like that was that, that the negative, thing. That, the worst yes. thing, you know? And unfortunately, uh, I guess, I guess maybe fortunately that has not been my experience with other Peruvians. Actually, um, the, the Peruvians that I've met in my life have been positive role models for me and have been mentors. And so my experience has been very positive with other Peruvians. I'm not going to say I grew up in a, in a community where there were a lot of Peruvians, but the Peruvians that I did meet, uh, they were positive influence in my life. And so I wanted to start changing that um, that mindset. I wanted to start changing that feed, that negativity that we felt, uh, you know, for each other, among each other. And of course, there's the reasons why we felt that, right? Like in episode two with my friend Will Vivar, we discussed la película Identidad, donde hablan de why we feel that against each other, dog eat dog. It was because of the hard times of the 90s, 80s, 60s, 70s, 60s. I feel like we've been in hard times for so long. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I feel, just to add to that, I feel like us Peruvians in general, we are always trying to heal, but we never fully heal, which is sad. And so much going on. That's so an amen. On. That's an amen, really. Like every generation is trying to heal and and we can't we can't we don't we're not given the time to breathe we're not given the time to flourish it's survival non-stop all the time right so and, and that that that's understandable why we feel hesitant or apprehensive of each other but i but here in the us but we don't have to be that way anymore right there's room for everybody there's room for all of us to flourish and so as cheesy as it sounds that's why at the end of every episode i signed off with like El mejor amigo de un peruano es otro peruano because I want to start changing that narrative. You know, I may be the first one to to say it, but maybe like it's ingrained in somebody else's mind and that narrative keeps changing, right? And the third reason I wanted to start a podcast was because I wanted to make it a launching pad 
for other projects to support the community in the U.S. or in Peru. This is an area where in the last year, it hasn't been, I haven't done much uh, besides resharing other projects that are happening within the community, but eventually I hope it to, to grow where it could be a platform where we can use to contribute back to, to Peru as well as to the community here in the U.S. Okay. Yes, for sure. That's something I think we all as Peruvians should always aim back to help people in Peru, you know, not forget about them. So the next question is like, well, you interview a lot of people, you do the editing and things like that. How has like the, the process of interviewing been for you like this whole year? So the fun part has really been talking to people. It's something that comes kind of natural to me to be inquisitive of people's stories and to be brave enough to ask them questions. And I think I, I'm able to get the guests to open up a bit to me. So that's been the fun part. The hard part <laughs> is everything around that, right? So editing has taken anywhere from two to six hours per episode, depending on the episode. So I definitely had to commit a lot of time to that editing. I did hire two editors at the beginning because of one, I didn't know what I was doing. Unfortunately, it didn't work out. One ghosted me. <laughs> That's okay. And the other one, it just, I, I couldn't get myself organized enough to deliver the episodes on time to her to edit. And then she has other things to do. So it just didn't work out. So it just became easier for me to do it on my own because then I could wake up really early and start editing the episode or stay up late at night and edit the episodes. It's been tough being a team of one. As I mentioned to you, offline building processes is something that I didn't do from the beginning. I, I was working very ad hoc. And so as I went along the way, I started to realize like, hey, if I standardize things, if I have, if I have templates for how to reach out to people, if I have forms that will make things a lot more organized and a lot faster, right? On the uh, lesson learned, you know, you live and learn. Delivering an episode has become easier and faster with time, but at the beginning, it took so long. Let me ask you a Peruvian mom perspective question, because my mom, that's like, I asked my mom if she knows what I do. So I do social media, right? She has no idea. She thinks I do Facebook. So how does your, does your family say, it's like, oh, she has a podcast or she's on the radio. Or has your family played any role in like the making of Peruvians of USA? No. <laughs> so um, it's similar to your mom. You know, I told my parents like, hey, I have a podcast. ¿Qué es eso? <laughs> uh, es como una radio, un canal de una radio. And they're like, oh, okay. Sounds good, I guess. <laughs> so, so my parents don't understand it. You know, I, I have driven with my mom where I made her listen to the episode and she'll be like, wait, is that you talking? Yes, mom, that's me asking the question. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, because some, most of my episodes tend to be Spanglish or English, like, right. It's hard for her to listen to those because she doesn't um, master the language, but the ones in Spanish, the ones that are fully in Spanish, um, she understands them and she appreciates them, but it's not something that she thinks is like, 
uh, she doesn't think it's bad or she doesn't think it's a waste of time, but she, it is not at the front of her mind. But the one that's been the most supportive has been my husband, right? Like he knows that the ups and downs, when I have a great interview or a great conversation with someone, he's the first one I tell how excited, or if there was a conversation that just took a lot out of me, uh, for whatever reason, right? Um, He's the first one to know. So he's the one that's been the most supportive. Actually, he actually did the logo for Peruvians of USA. So, ah. yeah. So if you see the logo. I have logo, a question about your husband. Does yeah. he, does he, does he give you a cafecito when you're like those long lines editing and things like that? Oh, yeah. yes, he does. Song <laughs> <laughs> yes. number one. Shout out to, hus- to the husband right there. Husband, he's- husband. He's not the Instagram husband. He's the podcast husband right here. Yeah. So like I, I would be, you know, uh, doing a long interview or an hour's uh, editing. And he notices that todavía no he comido, no, no he tenido nada de tomar. Like he'll bring, he'll bring a drink or he'll bring me a meal. So he's been very supportive. But yeah, so he designed the, the logo. If you can see from the logo, it's mountains on the back because, of course, Peru is the Andes is there. And then you see the the head of the Statue of Liberty with the crown, but like half the crown is Uchuyo. So I try to represent both the U.S. and, and Peru and that logo. Oh, or that's, the, that's what I wanted to go for, and he designed it. That's one of the many ways he's been supportive. Well, we have the artistic director of the Peruvians of USA right here as well. <laughs> okay, so this is more talking in the future, looking ahead, you know, uh, where do you see the podcast in five years? Uh, so that's a very tough question because at times I feel like I'm living day to day <laughs> or season to season. Um, so in terms of Peruvians of USA, I want to expand the brand to be more than a podcast. I think I want it to be a sort of an organization where Peruvian professionals can network with each other and can find uh, ways to collaborate with each other. I want to eventually have projects in Peru where we can, I don't know, I mean, like if I'm dreaming big, like let's talk about building schools, right? In some regions in Peru or building a, um, or, or providing computers for schools or, uh, or doing an international study abroad program or providing scholarships for Peruvians in Peru, right? Like let, let's, if I'm dreaming big, so it would be beyond, it would be more than a podcast. It, it would be a platform for Peruvians in the U.S. to connect with each other, to collaborate for projects that would help, as I mentioned, the community here in the U.S. as well as in Peru. Um, yeah. So if I allow myself to dream big, I guess that's what I'm thinking about. Dream big because our parents dream big enough to bring us here. So let's keep dreaming big. Uh, so this is more, because I've seen this, I, I, we have talk of, of camera and everything. Has, has it been balancing everything? The podcast, the editing, your work, your life, your marriage, you know, like all this new <laughs> stuff, like how, how you've been balancing all of that. Yeah. So it hasn't been a balance, right? There have been moments where I had to focus more on one thing over another. And there have been moments when the podcast, I had to focus more on the podcast than on my personal life. But I guess to give you a view into a day where I'm trying to do everything right. So I would either wake up at 4 a.m. or 4.30 a.m. so I could have two to three hours to edit an episode because I would want to drop it before 
uh, I started working, which is like 8 or 9 a.m. I've been fortunate enough to have a job throughout the entire pandemic, so I'm very grateful for that. But I do have a corporate job that requires me to be on from 8 or 9 a.m. to like five, sometimes later. And so in the last year, since July 2020, I had multiple projects. I actually planned a wedding last year. I had a small wedding, so I was wedding planning as well. And I'm proud to say that I actually dropped an episode the week off my wedding. So I had made, I had to make sure that at least that episode that was scheduled and planned dropped and I was still in the middle of my wedding. <laughs> so She was uh, walking down the aisle, <laughs> dropping the episode, guys. This is exclusive right here. Now you know where podcast the podcast was. She was walking down the aisle, posting that on Instagram. One woman show right here. <laughs> yeah, so uh, so I did that, and I also got promoted at work during this entire time. I'm not sharing that to brag or anything. I'm sharing it uh, because I want to be proud of, of what I did, and I also want to say that I am grateful to everybody who has been supported and listening to to the podcast. But it hasn't been a balance, right? Like I haven't slept well or didn't work out. I enjoy working out or I didn't work out or I didn't see a friend or I didn't see family. As recent as last week, I, I you know, I, I said to a friend like, look, this weekend I can't, I, I can't see you. I can't hang out. I have to make sure everything's ready to go to wrap up season two. Right. And so you make sacrifices like that. A main thing I learned in this last year is to appreciate creatives. Because the amount of work creators put into the, the work, whether it's art, a product, a service, whatever, it's beyond whatever they're charging you for that product or service, to be honest, because like uh, being a creative is tough. And I have so much more respect for creatives now and the work that they do, because it, it, it there really has to be love behind it. Because if you divide the amount of hours you invest with the amount of like revenue you make, it's negative. <laughs> Tears, guys. I, I'm I'm crying on camera right now because hearing someone say that they appreciate creatives, there's a lot of work that goes behind uh, videos, posts, and everything. So I appreciate that. But you know that that's uh, that's a lot. So you dropped the podcast in the middle of a pandemic, right? So it was July of last year. Um, from that point to now, like, what have you learned or what has been the most impactful since then? What has been the most impactful or what have I learned? Well, one of the things, as I mentioned, is to appreciate creatives a lot more. The second one really is that um, I saw this wave of Peruvian I guess I'm going to call it influencers, but the really leaders, right? Peruvian leaders in the diaspora who want to have important conversations about our history or culture, what's currently happening there. I saw this wave, but I, I didn't see it until I actually started the podcast. Once I started the podcast, I saw that there was a need and a want for, for a, a space to have these conversations. Um, and so I guess... The, the most impactful thing I've learned is that um 
wanted to take a break here to share that Peruvians of USA now has an online store. Help us spread the message that El Mejor Amigo de Un Peruano es Otro Peruano by visiting our online store. We also have feminine versions that said La Mejor Amiga de Una Peruana es Otra Peruana or gender neutral versions. This could be the perfect gift for a Peruvian in your life. Visit the link on the episode notes or link in bio. All right, back to the episode. I think the diaspora, Peruvians in the diaspora, have an important role in shaping the progress of Peru as a country. I think many of us feel, are we Peruvian enough? Should we be involved? But I think what we do and what we say and how we behave, uh, not only, um, it, it really can help shape the country. Um, it can really help set the tone. I think one of the examples is like last year's Merino Nos Mi Presidente protest, right? For people in Peru were protesting but because the diaspora around the world started protesting, it gave them even more uh, energy, more reason, more, they felt supported, right? And so people in Peru felt like, nuestros hermanos no nos olvidan, like nuestra gente no nos olvidan, right? So we have that power. We have that power to influence what's, um, what's happening in Peru. And I guess I just want us to make sure we're being thoughtful and intentional with that because we also have to take into consideration that um, that what happens in the country impacts us in a different way than than it yeah. would the people that live there. Yeah. So I mean, what you say is like exactly kind of how I felt when I found the podcast. Uh, it feels like in a space where we are no longer silent. Because this is a conversation I have with older Peruvians, and I feel like people of like around our age or younger Peruvians, you know, younger like millennials, pretty much, you know, uh, I told like older older Peruvians that I feel like they're silenced, you know, because they usually tell us that we're not Peruvian enough, or just because we grew up here or we speak English, we just not we're not Peruvian, we're not connected to Peru anymore, which is not true. We are still connected to Peru. Um, so you mentioned, uh, you know, things that impacted you, right? So let's talk about the episodes in general, like, so not offense to anybody, you know, just a question is like, so which one is your favorite episode and which one is the episode you have learned, like something so impactful that you make you like change your perspective. So my favorite episode, that's hard because I was telling Delhi on the IG Live, it, it's like kind of like picking your favorite child, which parents say, I don't have a favorite kid, but I think they're lying. I think they do have a favorite kid. <laughs> they just don't want to tell us. <laughs> so my favorite episode, wow, that's that's very hard. Let's go with the one that changed my mind first and see if something comes up with my favorite episode. The one that changed my mind the most or one of them is the, I think it's episode 27 with Elena, the CEO of Brooklyn One Me Designs. So Elena is an adoptee from Peru. She was uh, born in Peru, but she got adopted by a Jewish family in Brooklyn. And so she shared her story of figuring out like her identity and struggling with her identity and going through multiple identity crisis and reconnecting with her family in Peru and her mom and what that meant. But why I said that was the most impactful is because one of the things she said was 
if you are considering adoption, her number one advice is one to do your research and to and two to understand that you're signing up for a lifetime of conversations with the child, a lifetime of answering questions, a lifetime of healing. Because even though you we might think, oh well, I'm getting a newborn or whatever, uh, chances are that that kid will always want to know their background, their story, their beginnings, right? And will question why their story unfolded the way they did, right? And so um, I think if you are considering adoption, you just have to have the emotional stamina to be there for them, perhaps more than if you were to have your own children. I don't know, like, it, it just gave me that perspective of like, it's tough, it's tough for, for the child. You, you know, just piggyback on what you said, it, uh, Elena has taught me that too. Elena taught me a lesson of like, you know, because I, I know, you know, Peruvian adoptions happen very often and uh, we don't think about their life outside of Peru, right? Because, and that is so impactful. Like the story of adoptees in general from Peru is just something to think about that they're actually out there they exist and like representation and this is why representation matters because we need to learn those stories but yeah so no for no favorite episode no no nothing. okay <laughs> what's the what is well, the funniest so the so funniest? I, I, well okay so i guess my favorite some of my favorites i would say would one of the one of them would be season one with walter walter i think is episode nine and the reason is one he's very dynamic He's just very dynamic in his conversation and so passionate, so Peruvian. Like, you know, we all think, oh, yeah, I'm the most Peruvian person I know. But then you always meet that other person that's like extra Peruvian. (laughs) It's the one. Okay, so just a little joke in between here. So Peruvian say it's like, it's like, so I noticed something about Peruvians. Peruvians say, oh, we're Latinos. No, we say we're Peruvians. And then you go to our Instagram. We all have a Peruvian flag. And I feel like Walter has like, I have a Peruvian flag. Walter has like three or four, Like he's like, like Peruvian, you know, like <laughs> this guy is amazing. He knows all the instruments, like the history, the reading and stuff. And I'm like, oh my God, he's like three Peruvian flags ahead of me, you know? Yeah. And he's like, he's like that's so funny. I feel like we sh- he, if we were to evaluate how Peruvian you are by the flags, yeah, he's definitely three flags. <laughs> more but yeah speaking with him he he's an avid avid reader um and so he just drops so much knowledge in episode nine part one and part two about the history of peru about how music is used to i mean let's honestly used to bring tourism into peru and and what they want to portray with the music we talked about discrimination and racism in peru that 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 episode just a wealth of knowledge, to be honest. And so that was one of my favorite. Another one I would say is Alex Polosa. He was season two. Again, yes. two episodes. <laughs> That's my favorite episode too. <laughs> Alex episode. Alex was like a gem. I felt like like a diamond in the rough. I don't know how we crossed paths or like how we connected to be honest. I can't remember at this point, but what I love about his story is that art was always in his life. 
from a very young age, but it took so many mentors to guide him in his life, to really direct him to what his calling is and to what his true talent is, right? And so for me, it highlighted the importance of mentorship. It highlighted the importance of believing in yourself and your talent. And I think that's why those of us who have, who are able to mentor others, we should, because there's so many people out there that, that are seeking those mentors that are, don't, don't have them around them, that can't see them, their parents can't help them. And the reason many of us are where we are is because we had mentors along the way, whether we call them that or, or we didn't, I think we, everybody had a mentor that helped them get there where they are. Yeah, I, I love Alex's episode. It's one of my favorites too, exclusively because Alex is doing something that a lot of Peruvians don't do, which is being an artist. That Peruvian moms, Peruvian dads out there, it's like artists is a no-no. It's a big no-no. But I mean, yeah, one of my favorite episodes. I have to agree with you with that one. Also, Walter is another one. So... Any like funny, interesting things, stories that have come up when some of the interviews or during the interviews, let's just say that. The episode with Delia on episode 13, season one, I know Delia for a long time. We met through a friend in undergrad and the way we met was literally her. My roommate went to an internship at the same internship where Delia was. And, you know, Delia is always saying I'm Peruvian. So she's, my roommate was like, oh, I have a roommate who's Peruvian. And so my friend, I think I called her and she told me like, hey, I have a Peruvian friend in this internship. I was like, oh, cool. Let me talk to her. And she handed Delia the phone. And then we literally talked for two hours on the phone. And my friend was like, when am I getting my phone back? (laughs) We definitely literally took over her phone and just started talking. I didn't even meet her, right? was told that there's this Peruvian girl on the other side of the phone and we started talking and, and we had it all. Is that is that Lomo Saltado that connects us, you know? It's like I have that's how you connect. It's like you seen the Spider Man meme of like the multiple Spider Man yeah. I feel that's how Peruvian Oh you're Peruvian, you're Peruvian, you're Peruvian. Exactly that that's how I imagine Peruvians meeting. That's me going to Jersey with Patterson. Like, there's a lot of yeah. Peruvians there. I've never yeah. been there. So that's that's probably going to be me, you know, looking at all those Peruvians around me. <laughs> yeah. So I think, and, and that has happened with other Peruvians too, right? Like, Vanessa, I, know, I haven't met Vanessa yet because of pandemic, and I haven't had a chance to go to New York and see her. But she was also very supportive from the beginning. And as soon as I reached out to her and was like, hey, I have this podcasting that I want to do are you interested in being a guest and she was like yes cuando dime I'm there you know and and so that was uh yeah I I just I just felt incredibly supportive by the community I know I I that's through your podcast I met a lot of people which is crazy how one one podcast one person could change the the whole community that quickly so Let's go into something more like about things that you wish you knew before you started this podcast. Because, I mean, you said this is a one woman show. You do the editing, the Instagram, the whole thing. So what have you like, what do you wish actually you learned before starting? Oh, yeah, new. 
<laughs> yeah, what, what do I wish I knew before I started? Again, I would say making sure you have processes built in, right? Templates for emails, forms. I think I, I wish I would have spent more time building those processes. I wish I would have spent more time making sure the website is ready to go. <laughs> those are things I wish I would have had in place. I wish I would have asked for help sooner. I think there is interest in the community to be supportive and to help. And I tend to be the person who doesn't want to bother other people. I think other people are busy and they have their own lives and they want to do their own things. We just need to ask for help. And if they, and if people can't help, like, let's not take it personal, right? It just means that they can and they're busy. But I think unless we ask, nobody's going to know that we need help. A lot of people didn't know that this was a one person team, a one woman show, right? Uh, I remember sharing with you offline that I got a message from someone saying, like, you should do more. <laughs> and I took that to heart a little bit because I'm like, yo, I, I think I'm doing a lot already, but thanks. People, she's an octopus at the moment. She's handling multiple things. So just be calm, be patient, por favor. <laughs> <laughs> So the positive side of that is that it seems like the community wants more. And, and so great, like I, that's, that's good, right? That, that means that there's room to grow, but also let's remember, not just for me, but let's remember for all the other Peruvian platforms out there, right? Like yours, CC the Explorer, Alegria Peronex, Peruvian Sisters, Black Flowers Grows. Just let's remember that there's a person behind each of those accounts that they have their own life. They have their own careers. They have their families, their health to take care of. And the things we do, we do out of love. Let's be appreciative, but also understand that there's also a life that they have outside of that. But yeah. So those are the things I wish I would have, would have done sooner. Ask for help building processes. So let me ask you, this is a funny question. I'm very curious, you know, since I'm uh, asking you all these questions and you're like the podcast uh, facilitator and everything. Is it weird to you to hear your own voice in your podcast? Yes. <laughs> Especially when I laugh. I'm like, oh God, there's that laugh. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I, I, I don't like to hear my own voice. Um, or at least I think I sound different. And then when I hear it, I'm like, parezco una niña que está. So, <laughs> yeah. But well, how, how do you little by little overcome that? Like, do you practice or you just like, oh, whatever? I'm like, to be honest, you know. I think the first time I had to take a deep breath. Like, I think I played it and I was like, oh, no. <laughs> I think I took off my headphones and like put it down because I was like, oh my gosh, I can't hear myself. I took a deep breath and I was like, okay. Like, I just need to go into this editing, trying to be as impartial as I can, right? Like, and not focus so much on like my voice and how it sounds, but try to focus on what I'm asking and then make sure that the guest is, that's always been my goal when in the interviews, the guest is the hero of the story. The guest is the focus of the story. And so that's what I try to, to focus on. But yeah, it's been, uh, it, at the beginning, it was difficult to hear my own voice. I had to take a deep breath and <laughs> just do it. So on Wednesday, it's El Bicentenario. Yay. Uh, so 
Let's talk about Fiestas Patrias. Do you does your family do anything special for Fiestas Patrias? You know, it's different in Peru, right? But like here, when you guys immigrated here, how you guys like celebrated Fiestas Patrias or like any memory that you have? Yeah, so in Peru, my mamá siempre iba al desfile militar. So that was like her thing. But once we came here, we came in the 90s, so there wasn't a lot really. But then there was an organization called Puro Peru. It was a dance organization. And now Silvia, who's from episode three, Silvia Orellana, she is the president and co-founder of Puro Peru Foundation. Oh, Fundación Puro Peru. And I, it was uh, sort of like a, a continuation of what her father started back in the 90s, maybe late 80s. So they would they would have some small gatherings, right? And so they would have the small gatherings of Peruvians with Peruvian food. And back then in the, in the D.C. area, there were maybe like two restaurants, two Peruvian restaurants, right? And now there's like hundreds. So that's how we would celebrate. I think with time, my parents have become less and less willing to go all out. They're getting older. They're, they just kind of want to stay at home. Here in the D.C. area, there's also been a Festival Latino. I think maybe it was in summer. And so uh, we participated in those festivals. I danced in the past in those festivals. So that's how we celebrated growing up. And then how are you celebrating this year? The 200 years. <laughs> That's 200 years. So, yeah. So like every, every uh, you know, different platforms are doing different things to celebrate. So what I announced in the IP Live a few weeks ago, if people tuned in, was that my way is to celebrate by honoring my grandfather, whose name was Javier Verdales Poripata. And I want to highlight both last names because... I remember that sometimes in, in Peru, I felt like we're quick to own and be proud of our Spanish last names, but not so much our indigenous last names. And so his whole name was Javier Verdales Guaripata. And to honor my grandfather, who was a farmer from Cajamarca, who only had a third grade education, who made sure both his son and his daughters had an education, finished at least up to uh, high school. And then my mom was, I think, the first and maybe, yeah, and first and only who got into university. Unfortunately, she couldn't finish because of, again, the struggles of Peru, politics and economy in the 80s. So she wasn't able to finish. But one story um, I told was that my grandfather, being a farmer in Cajamarca, tenía dos toros or had two bulls that he used to farm. And that was expensive to have, right? That was like, the, it was a, a very valuable tool to have as a farmer. And so when he saw that my mom couldn't really support herself going to school and working and her younger siblings had arrived at Lima and so she had to provide for them as well. He, he said, maybe I should try to sell those bulls and give you the money so you can continue your education. And my mom, she understood what that meant, that if he did sell those bulls and he would, the job of farming would be physically taxing on him and his aging body. He was getting older at that time, right? So education for my family has been important. And so whenever I graduated, whether it was from high school, 
or undergrad or my grad or grad school, I've always asked the announcer to say both my mom and my my dad and my mom's last name. I want the last name Vardales to always be uh, anything related to education. I want that last name there because of the dream of me, the dream of pursuing education didn't start with me, right? If anything, I am the product of hard work and the product of prayers. And so to honor my grandfather, what I'm doing is Peruvians of USA is starting a scholarship fund to award $1,000 scholarship to a Peruvian in the US pursuing undergraduate education or technical school. Details will be announced in September 15 as the kickoff for Hispanic Heritage Month. So if anybody's interested in learning more about the scholarship, the criteria, the application process, make sure to go to peruviansofusa.com and complete the form so I can um, add you to the mailing list. But yeah, so that's my way to contribute to the community and to honor my grandfather. And yes, the scholarship will be called the (laughs) Javier Verdales Guaripata Scholarship, and it will be my way of honoring everything that my parents and my grandparents and my ancestors have done and also to show gratitude for where I am and to give back to the community. What a beautiful story. I was about to cry here. <laughs> but that's that's beautiful. Um yeah, we don't talk a lot about our ancestors and like our grandparents in general. Us like in general. Um so this episode is dedicated to your grandpa too. So because los, 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 las oraciones de los abuelitos are still protecting us until the day, guys. Okay. So yes. the bendiciones, the everything. Yeah. There you go. Yes. So but the grandparents out there, the ancestors are still protecting us and everything. So that was my last question. But I wanted to tell you, I wanted to ask you any messages that you have for Peruvians here, Peruvians in Peru, like what, what do you want to tell them? Yeah. So for Peruvians here, first of all, if you're listening, thank you so much. Thank you for the support. Thank you for just even either sending me messages about what the podcast has meant for you or even connecting with our guests to be honest like you don't have to reach out to me and tell me anything if you find somebody who's interesting like cc walter alex anna delia or whatever and you want to connect directly with them i'm happy that i was able to help make those connections right but just always remember that we should have each other's back we should be each other's greatest supporters I know that it's very easy losing hope or losing faith because we have been through a lot. And, and through your point, Cece, what you said earlier, we haven't been able to heal because we've been crisis after crisis after crisis for decades. And I guess what I pray for is for just, can we get a breather? You know, can we get a breather? And if, and, and if it seems like politics is not going to give us that, then we need to create it for each other. And the way we can create it for each other is by continuing to be each other's best friends. So um, so I hope that we continue to be each other's greatest supporter. Para los peruanos en Perú, si están escuchando, en primer lugar, felices fiestas patrias. <laughs> Espero que estén celebrando el bicentenario, aunque sea virtualmente. Uh, 
Y bueno, mi mensaje para los peruanos en Perú es que no, nos vean a nosotros, a los peruanos en, en el extranjero, como todavía como un, un hermano, un vecino, alguien que todavía quiere estar conectado a, a la madre patria, que todavía quiere contribuir al Perú, que a veces por la misma experiencia de ser inmigrantes tenemos que desconectarnos como para poder establecernos en ese nuevo país, porque si nosotros no estamos establecidos, va a ser muy difícil ayudar a otros, ¿no? Y a veces necesitamos ese espacio, ese tiempo para establecernos y después volvemos a reconectarnos con, con, nuestros, con nuestra patria. Um, por lo menos eso fue mi experiencia, no sé si esa es la experiencia de todos, pero que nos vean como, como una extensión del Perú y no necesariamente como extranjeros y que... Um, lo que nosotros queremos para el Perú, como, igual como ustedes, es que progrese y que siga adelante. Y, y, y a veces, to, como dicen, en, yo he escuchado en Perú, nadie es profeta en su tierra. Y creo que a veces toma a que uno salga del país para en verdad apreciarlo. Y, y espero que los peruanos en Perú no tengan que salir del Perú para que aprecien al país. Um, porque los que estamos afuera añoramos a, a nuestra tierra bastante. Yes, amen to that one. That was, that was a proteger uh, la tierra. Yeah. Well, thanks. Thank you, Cici, for this, this conversation. I loved it. And I'm going to share some news with the audience. Um, so, for the next month and a half, <laughs> I am taking a break. <laughs> She's going on a vacation, guys. She's going on a vacation. She's vacationing everywhere. Well, technically, I'm still going to be doing my regular nine to five, but I am taking a break from the podcast and I am very excited to collaborate with Cece. She will be managing the account for the next couple of weeks. We'll be doing the best of season one. So we will be resharing some of the top episodes of season one. And I'm excited to, one, take time off to focus on, on other areas of my life, but also to, to work on the strategy, right? Because in order to, to work on the strategy, you need to sort of take a step away. And, and so Cece will be helping me with that and as well as managing the account. And I'm very excited. I might pop in from time to time, but I think the platform is in good hands with, with Cece. <laughs> she would be the, the, the surprise guest here and there. <laughs> but FYI, I'm not I'm not gonna be doing the podcast interviews. No, that's all gonna be Natalie. I'm just managing the back end of it. And yes. yeah, so if you're gonna see my face in there, I don't know. So maybe but we have lots of ideas. We have lots of ideas <laughs> we that we ideas. might be that we might be working on and testing. Um so definitely support us on that. Let us know what you think. But yeah, so we'll be doing the best of season six. So uh, not my favorite episodes, but the ones that have the most, <laughs> that have been the most popular. So nobody get offended. <laughs> yeah, don't get offended, people. I'm not getting offended. I'm not. I'm not in the top, neither in the top six. So there you go. <laughs> I'm not as funny as I thought. <laughs> Anyways, but, but thank you, Natalie, for you know, for the podcast mainly, you know, um, it's being awesome. Listen to it. A lot of the episodes are 
very moving, you know, so there's been tears, a lot of laughter, a lot of like interesting things, uh, a lot of wake up calls for me to, as, as well. Maybe someone, some people could resonate with that. So thank you for the podcast and I hope it continues and people support Natalie and the podcast, but listen the whole, listen to the episodes. I don't know, buy her a coffee. There's, there's on her link, you know, go ahead, do the, the whole shebang. Just listening to Peruvians of USA. If you like the show, make sure to subscribe and review an Apple podcast. It lets other Peruvians find the show. If you want to hear more from me, you can follow me on Instagram at Peruvians of USA. I look forward to connecting with you there. And remember, el mejor amigo de un peruano es otro peruano. Chao.